With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today on Stick to Football, we have a fun one for you. It is draft week. We have made it. It is here. It is almost time. And the show is going to be fun. Three trades that will F up your mock draft. I don't think that's the official wording, but that's what we're doing. As someone who's already filed their final mock draft, this is my nightmare. This is my worst case scenario is a trade happens right now. And I'll look wrong because I don't have time to redo the damn thing. And then also, it is sleeper time. You're going to get two sleepers from each of your favorite hosts on Stick to Football. That is Matt Miller, Mello, and Connor Rogers. Don't forget, you can leave your draft on draft questions right here if you're watching in the Bleacher Report app. And you should be. Leave those draft on draft questions in the comments. We'll answer some at the end of the show. And guys, speaking of the Bleacher Report app, make sure that baby is updated for Thursday night because the draft kicks off at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Update it right now, Mello. Myself, Connor, and Adam, the man, Lefko, will be breaking down every pick from night one, night two, and most of day three, as long as our voices and internet hold up. Mello and Connor, welcome to the show. I was just going to go. I was ready. I I was going to do the whole show. I knew I was sitting here. I didn't know (laughs) if I was going to get to talk, so thanks for letting me... uh... Come aboard today. You're welcome. The man is a little excited. If you can't tell, it is draft week. Everybody's sweating as we submit our final mock drafts. And just to make them even worse, we're going to kick this thing off with some wild trades. Yeah, and Connor, you get to kick this one off, man, because we are, this is your worst case scenario. If you're a mock drafter for a living, you know that people are going to be on Twitter no matter what, wrecking your mock drafts. I don't know if you guys saw, I'm actually donating $100 for every pick I get wrong in my mock draft this year to COVID-19 relief. So watch, I'll go over 32 this year. But Connor, this is the one thing that will throw things off. Trades in the first round, especially in the top 10, and you have a, a fun one to get things going here. When I do this, guys, I look at what we always view as layup picks for all of our Mock Draft Mondays. This goes back to last August. And I think with us right now, we have looked at the Philadelphia Eagles for quite some time and just gone, whoever's making the pick, go, Justin Jefferson, sure, why not? Let's have a little fun and say the Eagles desire a little bit more. They want one of those top three receivers, and they are willing to pay the price to get their pick of the bunch. They are going to call the Cleveland Browns, yes, the analytics focus Cleveland Browns making their debut draft, this new front office, and they are going to offer the Browns the 21st overall pick, their second round pick, 53, and 127 overall. So those are three picks they get to come up to 10 and get the pick of their wide receivers. I don't think one will be off the board at this point of the draft. I think something, Matt, that you and I have even talked about this week on the Lefko Show is this feels like it might be a move for Jerry Judy just because he's the most pro-ready of the bunch with his route-running ability. Maybe they like Henry Ruggs' speed. Maybe they just like C.D. Lamb overall. But when you look at this for the Browns, 
Uh, we're not convinced that the tackle they want is going to fall to them. They want more picks to add. Maybe they like a Josh Jones or an Ezra Cleveland later on in the first round instead. But Howie Roseman making a splash, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. No, not at all. And especially for a team, it feels like they're trying to keep that Super Bowl window alive. You have Carson Wentz. They bolstered that D-line through free agency. Uh, add Darius Slay. Now you need to get Carson Wentz, a number one receiver, who will not drop things like Nelson Aguilar did. Well, and I think with the Browns, there's a lot of buzz about them trading back. Maybe they feel like they can get a tackle uh, like an Ezra Cleveland later in the first round, that, too. Can I just go ahead and say, if they do that, it will be the worst pick of the first round. I don't even know the other 31 picks yet. If I mean, they do I, that, it'll be the worst pick. If your last name's it's Cleveland, not good. you have to go to the Browns. They took the Cleveland off the front of the jersey to put it on the back of his, basically. Ooh, does he play for the name on the back of his jersey or, or the, the front? We'll never know. You'll have to ask him when he gets drafted, Mel. All right, your crazy trade, not even crazy, your trade that would wreck your mock draft. I'm going to one-up you guys, Connor, because you think the Eagles are coming out and they're going to target a receiver. I think the Raiders are going to do the exact same, but they're going to trade all the way up to the fourth pick overall. I think the Giants are talking a lot to a lot of teams about who to trade for. I think maybe we can see some teams trade up to number three and get their quarterback and then I think the Dolphins stay pat at number five. But I do think we're going to see teams start to try to trade up and get into a position to take these receivers. Well, the Raiders have the picks to go out and say, you know what? We want our guy, whether it's Ruggs or it's Lamb. They can move up and get him. Why not move all the way up to number four and grab your go-to receiver in this offense? I think we've just assumed if they go up to four, it would be for a quarterback. So I like them of like, you know what? We'll just go up to four and get a wide receiver and instead. I, I do this think- is like Julio Jones. I think they could target a quarterback, too, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Raiders move up and with all the talk of the Giants trying to move down, or even if you're the Raiders and you know the Giants are trying to move down because they want Isaiah Simmons, swoop up there and take him. Yeah. Connor, what are your thoughts on this before I hop in and smash it all to pieces? Well, I know, Matt, you're going to smash it all to pieces from the Raiders' side, so I'll take the Giants' side here, being in the New York, New Jersey area. I love it for the Giants. Number one, I think you still get one of the top four tackles with that 12th overall pick. And even if you don't, a really good player is going to slide to that spot. And then you look at the real, what they added here, number 19. Guys, I think that's a spot for them to take somebody like Patrick Queen in this area. So you need help on defense. And yes, the Giants, they need pass rush help. I don't know, you know, what the pass rushers will look like at 19 because I think Caleb on chase on is gone by that point. But you're looking at adding the best cover linebacker in the draft in Queen while you already upgraded offensive line at 12. Having more picks for Dave Gettleman, something he might not be used to because he never trades down, would be a really, really good thing if he knew how to spend them. I really thought you were going to say having more picks for Dave Gettleman might not be a good thing because he's not good at drafting. <laughs> I thought he's like, Connor takes shots to Dave Gettleman every chance he gets. <laughs> Giants like, fans wow, just hate okay, us. let's just go in on Dave this week. Uh, that's basically the the undertone of this entire show. So the only thing is, you guys had someone trade up for a wide receiver. Connor has the Eagles going up. Mello has the Raiders going up. Receivers have not traditionally, guys drafting the first round, produced that well. That is not going to stop me from doing the same damn thing, even mm-hmm. though I didn't know you guys were going to do it. So I have the Broncos trading up to number seven overall to get Jerry Judy. The Carolina Panthers move out of that spot because they're a team that has a lot of needs. They don't have to pick someone at seven. They move back to 15, pick up a third, a fourth, and a 2021 second overall pick. And I believe at that spot, 15 overall, you can get Javon Kinlaw, 
who might be a target at seven. So it's funny because we there's this huge movement right now in football of don't trade up for a receiver, don't draft a receiver early. It never works out. Most of the best receivers in football were second-round picks or later, and we all have someone coming up for one of the premier receivers in this class. I think this receiver group is just too special to sit around and wait and say, oh, man, I hope I get one of these three guys or even a Justin Jefferson. Like I honestly, I could see all four of those guys going top ten. I think they're top ten talent when you look at what they're doing. There's just so much depth in this class that for a long time we said, oh, move them down the board. Uh, there's a lot of good receivers. There are four very special receivers, and I do think teams like you know, the Eagles or the Raiders, they're going to be moving up to try to get their guy at receiver. That's how I feel as well. When I look at this, guys, we could spend all day talking about how we like the second round or the second tier. When you look at K.J. Hamler's speed, Jalen Rager, another explosive guy, Denzel Mims, a bigger body size and speed kind of player, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, above the rim kind of players. We like all of those guys. But let's call it like we see it. They are not in the same class as Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs. There's a reason for that. And if you want the premium guys, and I think we go back to this class a lot, A.J. Green, Julio Jones, uh, those guys were premium picks for a reason. And I think we're going to see the same thing with C.D. Lamb. I think we're going to see the same thing with Jerry Judy. Now, Henry Ruggs, there's a little more risk there, but with his speed and his hands, as long as he gets in the right place, he'll be a number one wide receiver as well. John Ross got drafted, what, ninth overall? Ninth overall. And he wasn't nearly the prospect that we see with Henry Ruggs or these other two guys. So I, I really, I do think we're going to see receivers come off the board early in this draft class, just like we expected from the very beginning of this thing. Yeah, those are our three trades that would wreck the mock drafts. You can check out all of our final mock drafts this week on Twitter. Mine will be in the BR app, at Mello, at Connor J. Rogers. I'm going to make sure these guys get their final mocks at big boards. Connor posted his big board. I'm, I'm, get on. I'm get waiting on. until, like, Wednesday. Oh, okay. You know, I want to see Building if any trades suspense. come down. Yeah. Okay, I got it. All right, those final mock drafts will be on Twitter from the guys. And, of course, check out our draft coverage this weekend. Today's episode of Stick to Football is brought to you by PlayStation. I actually just picked up a PS4 to play the show because I miss Kansas City Royals baseball so badly. This game has incredible graphics. It's like you're really at the game. The only thing's missing, an ice cold beer. Insert sponsor right here. Add me at NFL Draft Scout on the PlayStation Network and challenge me to a game. I'll be online nearly 24-7 after the craziness of draft week. My prospect, my road to the show prospect... 24 home runs before the All-Star break, by the way. I was surprised you didn't tell everybody about all your Juan Soto home runs. That's oh, all I've heard yes. about for like the last week. The man, Juan Soto. Uh, probably my favorite player in baseball. Not a sleeper. He's, but we're going to run through our draft sleepers. I, Connor's sitting over at the Mets fan. It's like, yeah, let's talk more about Juan Soto, guys. Really appreciating that. Let's get into our sleepers of this year's draft. We each picked two. If you're a fantasy football player, you might want to take some notes for some deep dives. But, Melo, you're going to start us off. You actually went one offense, one defense. Who is your guy on offense? My guy on offense is Colby Parkinson, the big tight end out of Stanford. I was very high on this guy one year ago. Uh, I thought he would develop into uh, kind of a go-to receiver at Stanford. Quarterback problems kind of struggled there, held him back a little bit. But I do think this is a guy who can go over the middle, who can get up the seam, very athletic tight end. And like I said, six foot seven, huge catch radius. If you are a fantasy football guy, I think that you won't have to draft him, but he's a name to keep in mind uh, when you're looking at later rookie tight ends. I think he can be very productive, uh, obviously in the right system. Not much of a blocker. I think that's what's going to push him to day three. He's got the great size, but not very physical on that inline tight end position. This guy is going to come in and be a huge slot receiver 
tight end prospect, but I think he can catch a lot of balls in his rookie year. Big guy, hard to guard. Yeah, I like that call, Mello. When you look at Parkinson, a former five-star player, and maybe the production never translated to that at Stanford, but I still think he has enough talent to be a productive NFL tight end. I'm going to go with a guy uh, that has been productive when healthy, and that's Rico Dowdle from South Carolina, somebody that had to be in a bit of a platoon this year with Tavian Feaster. But when you look at Dowdle, a power runner, 5'11", 213 pounds, enough speed with a 4'5", 4'40", very explosive jumps with that 38 vertical, 127 broad. Uh, This is a guy that could stick his foot in the ground, as you see there, and go, but he really knows how to finish runs. That's what I like about him a lot. So when you look at Dowdle, is he going to be in this class with Cam Akers and even Darrington Evans, Zach Moss? No, he's not because he's he's been banged up through his four years at South Carolina. But when you watch the first month of film from his senior season this year, when he was healthy, he was a quietly very, very impressive running back in the SEC. So I think Dowdle will be a value day three pick if you take him as a backup to spell your starter every now and then. I like both your picks, but let's put some razzle-dazzle on this. And here is someone that uh, I always do this, and then all my friends steal my fantasy picks. I'm actually tracking this player, and that is Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Love him. I don't know if I should call him a running back I was gonna say, what or a wide receiver. He? He's an offensive weapon is what he is. Six foot, 228 pounds. He ran a 4-3-9 in the 40-yard dash, and he scored 13 touchdowns in college on 77 touches. That is not a lot of production. You could put him in the slot. You could throw him the ball. You'd be great on jet sweeps, underneath routes. I actually don't know that he has the hips to be an NFL receiver. He was a running back in high school. I'd like to get him the ball back in that area. You see him high point. I mean, he's just raw. This is a lot like Jalen Hurd was last year coming out of Baylor. Played a little running back. They're moving him to wide receiver full-time. I think Gibson's someone you're going to have to watch the development arc. We're going to see him transition and translate a little bit slower than some of the other rookies, but what he brings to the table as a runner, receiver, and returner is special. So if he gets on an offense where they know how to use guys in space, scheme touches, Antonio Gibson is going to be one of my favorite players from offense in this draft. Yeah, when they finally gave him the ball at running back, he was very productive in that last game. Not a lot of carries, but it will be interesting to see, like you said, tracking him, seeing where he's going to go, because he could be a hidden gem uh, just buried on that Memphis depth chart that is surprisingly very deep. I'm going to go defense for my next guy, though. Uh, Making those go for fans happy like Matt likes to do. I'm going with their linebacker edge prospect here, Carter Coughlin. I really like Coughlin. He's that Swiss Army knife type guy. Could be an edge rusher. Could be your middle linebacker. He's a little bit of do-it-all. That Kyle Van Noy, that Zach Bond mold that a lot of people are wanting. This is a guy that can do it, and he won't have to be drafted in the first round. I really think that after seeing him at the Senior Bowl and what Carter Coughlin can do, he is a utility knife like so many linebackers in this class. I mean, it's not just Isaiah Simmons. There are a lot of guys in this class that can be that athletic and do a lot of different things in your defense. This screams Patriots pick. which means he's probably going to be a Dolphin with Flores, but I like it, Uh, and I think that he's a guy that can fit in any defensive system. He's a poor man, Zach Bond. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that, but I I don't think the gap between them is huge. Uh, He could be, you know, Clay Matthews, uh, Kyle Van Noy type guy, but you're probably going to get him in round five or six. Guys, we have not had much to talk about with this quarterback class on day three this year. It feels like we've talked about, obviously, Burrow, Tua, the day two guys, of course, with Eason, from Hertz. But when you look at day three of this class, maybe Anthony Gordon at times, maybe Nate Stanley at times, I'm going to go with my favorite day three quarterback here, and that is James Morgan of FIU. And when you look at Morgan's 
career, it's been a long one. Started at Bowling Green, and it was a bit of a roller coaster. Had to transfer to FIU, but his last two seasons there have been super, super impressive. He is a big-bodied passer that can move a little bit. Listen, he's not exactly going 4-3 on that run, but when you watch the guy throw the ball down the field, that's what matters to me at the next level. And sure, the mechanics at times are all over the place, but the arm talent is spectacular. And I think if you get him in an NFL system where they can tailor, calm him down, work on those mechanics and make him a little bit more accurate, this is the guy on day three in the quarterback class that I would take a swing for the fences for fourth, fifth round kind of range. I was going to say, I have Morgan ranked as the first of the day three quarterbacks because of, no, the level of competition wasn't great, but the arm talent's there. There's enough athleticism, something to build on, again, in a, in a pretty bad day three quarterback class. All right, my final sleeper, Juan Jennings at Tennessee. I do not care that Connor can run a faster 40-yard dash than this, man. 4-7-2, I know it's not great, but he has to be the most physical player in the 2020 draft class. Just consistently beasting defensive backs at the top of his route stem at 6'3", 215. I mean, he just plays violent. If you've ever seen someone play mad, it's him. Like, nope, running through you, running through you. Can't arm tackle <laughs> oh me. God. I will stiff arm you. It's just, it's like me playing football with my six-year-old. Like, I'm just running you over. Don't get in my way. I mean, he, he plays football like a tight end. You can see him right there. He looks a lot bigger than what he's listed at. He plays more physically, too. I, I think that he is a guy that, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's pretty damn scary. I'll tell you, in that number 15, that's a B-Marsh look right there after the catch. Right? I mean, it's like, uh, I'm not saying he's going to be Anquan Bolden, but it's like watching Anquan Bolden. You know, just, yeah, and he plays faster, more physical, you know, that physical type of receiver. Put him somewhere where he can run some breaking routes, crossing routes, where he can just post up on these smaller defensive backs in the NFL. And I think my man is going to have some fun. All right, we have some draft-on-draft questions that y'all submitted during the show. Our amazing producers have been putting them in, plugging them in. So we're going to take three draft-on-draft questions. The first one here from Spencer Vance. Of the top three wide receivers, who could be the biggest bust? This is the great thing about being the host of the show. I get to punt to you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm punting. I'm punting. I will defer. I'll go first, and I don't mind saying it, too. I love these three uh, top-end receivers, but I think if we're going to see one of them bust, I think it's going to be Henry Ruggs. Uh, I love what Judy can do and how well he runs routes. Uh, I love his hands. I think those are proven things. And C.D. Lamb, I love that he can catch the ball in traffic and what he does after the catch. With Henry Ruggs, he's really fast, and that's going to be really good. But is it good enough? Because, like we said, John Ross was really fast, and we've seen really fast guys. Speed helps in football. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all in football, though. You have to be able to do a lot afterwards, and Ruggs can, but if I have to say one of them is going to be a bust, I think it's going to be Henry Ruggs. So, I, my, normally, this is when I would let Connor jump in, but, like, Ted Ginn hung around in the NFL for, like, 12 years because he was fast. So, I, I like that. I'm going to just go ahead and jump in here. So, I think Ruggs is the one who could last the longest, even if they're not good, because he's fast. Oh, he's going to be a special teamer for Right, like, years. he's at least going to be in the league forever. I'm going to take CeeDee Lamb, because my biggest concern, and again, I love CeeDee Lamb, top 12 overall player, huge fan, even though he went to Oklahoma, hook him horns. He can't, I've never seen him at least beat press coverage. I'm not saying he can't, I almost did, I won't back up. It's just, will he be able to acclimate, make that transition? If I worry about anything, it's will he be able to separate in the NFL? Because he had trouble doing it at times in the Big 12, which not good at defense, that conference. So if you're making me pick one, 
it would be CD. This is the rare draft on draft question where you get a different answer from every host because I'm go. going with no Jerry Judy thing. here. <laughs> and listen, this is not easy to pick amongst these three. So the two reasons I came up with why Jerry Judy could be a bust, and I do not expect this to happen, is one, with the slender frame he has, injuries could be a problem at the next level. Number two, He has the worst hands of the three. Ruggs has the best hands of the three. He had one of the best drop rates in the entire country. C.D. Lamb, very, very close to him. Those guys have elite hands. Jerry Judy has below average hands right now, guys. So, listen, those are such reaches right there of why I think the guy could be a bust. But if I had to come up with something, that's it. I hope when people clip this out and it ends up on freezing cold takes, you put the whole context of the question in. Yes, okay. we love they won't. These right. them. Right, exactly. In in two years, there will be a clip out of the three of us saying, CeeDee Lamb can't beat press coverage. Okay, get the whole damn thing in there, please. All right, second draft on draft question from D-Man84. Would you be willing to bet that someone takes a big risk on Jordan Love, say he goes top 15? So would you be willing to be the someone... There we go. Who takes Jordan Love? I can't read. Sims Would you take Jordan hard. Love in the top 15? Would I take him in the top 15? Yes. Uh, and I think that'll be surprising because I have been hard on him. But you have to risk it for the biscuit every once in a while. And I think with Jordan Love, he's such a dynamic player that he might be one of the best quarterbacks in the league in five years. Or he might be out of the league in five years. But I think you have to take that chance and say he could be great. We need great. We don't need, yeah, above average. We don't need Justin Herbert to win a Super Bowl. We need greatness. So if I'm taking a quarterback top 15 and I don't have Joe Burrow, I don't have Tua, you bet your ass that Jordan Love's going to be the guy I'm taking. Man, this is a really tricky one. I would not move into the top 15 for him, but if I was standing pat, I would feel comfortable taking him, which is a coward strategy. I don't care. I'm not confident (laughs) enough where I'm selling the farm for him. This isn't where I'm going up for Deshaun Watson or, you know, I didn't feel this way about Mahomes at the time. I'd be lying if I said I did, but going up for Mahomes, I'm not on that level. But I think if you're sitting there in the top 15, I think that's why we put him to the Colts so often before they moved their draft pick, guys. It felt like one of those things where they could take him, develop him before they moved their pick and not have to risk anything else to get him. Yeah, I actually think he has the highest potential of any quarterback in this class. And I say that as, like, I'm getting a Joe Burrow tattoo at some point, I'm sure. I think Jordan Love, if he hits... His ceiling, he's going to be, like you said, he's going to be an exceptional quarterback because that means he has stopped throwing interceptions and you're getting all the talent that comes with the arm strength and the mobility. But if he doesn't, he's the worst quarterback out of the top six or seven in this class. That's that's the concern. So I would not draft him in the top 15. He's probably going to be a very good quarterback that throws a lot of interceptions, but he's also probably going to throw a lot of touchdowns too. Yeah, I mean, is it going to be a Jameis where he's 30 for 30? I was just going to say, is he Jameis? He's a little more mobile. And he can take an Uber. Yeah. So I don't know. I wouldn't draft him in the top 15. All right, third draft on draft question from HC41. Connie, you're going to love this. Could you see Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trade for Jamal Adams if the top tackles are gone at 14 overall? I love it. I am so here for it. I would not give up the 14th pick for a strong safety whose contract is up after the year. There's my take. I, I, I agree. Uh, I love Jamal Adams. I think that he can come in and change your defense, and obviously he's worked with Bowles before. Uh, I think the 14th pick is a little bit rich uh, for a box safety uh, who is very good. All pro. I, I, I'm not trading off that pick. Even if all the tackles are gone, I'm probably still going to look at other needs. Uh, nah, I wouldn't do it. Too rich for me. 
I would be surprised if the Bucks did this. I know Todd Bowles loves Jamal Adams, obviously a great relationship there. But man, a top 15 pick, and I'm sure you'd get something else thrown in there. The Jets have a lot of holes, guys. They have a lot of holes. If you're telling me they walked out of this draft with, I don't know, Andrew Thomas and C.D. Lamb or Henry Ruggs, uh, I'm a little nervous to say it, but it's something to think about. <laughs> yeah, and like from the Jets' perspective, I would do it. Like if, I'm, I would if, if I'm Joe Douglas, yes, absolutely. Because Sam as Darnold. you just outlined, you could take C.D. Lamb at 11 and a tackle at 14, and you're, you're fine. You're in great shape. If I'm the Bucks, that's a little bit rich for me to be. And, again, I love Jamal. He's an all-pro for a reason. Hell of a player. I just I don't think and the contract is have to the, the, the biggest the part hard of it. part. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys get traded now, and they don't have that contract. Uh, is Jalen Ramsey? I just don't know if I want to tie up a lot of money to that kind of safety. I mean, the Chiefs do it with Tyron Matthew. It works. I don't know if it works for a lot of teams. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be fun. Thursday night's going to be wild. Don't forget, make sure your BR app is updated so that you can watch the live stream of our draft coverage Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday for rounds four and five. And then Connor and I will be grading every team's draft after the fact. So that Blaze Report app is going to be your Bible and your best friend for draft week. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Stick to Football. You can find us in the Bleacher Report app and listen wherever you get your shows. For Mello and Connor, this is Matt, and we will see you all Wednesday. That's our new schedule. We'll be back Wednesday right here, 5 p.m. Eastern time.